0: He's been waging an all-out war on democracy. This is the latest screed from the 45th president, Donald J. Trump, and he just said it yesterday. Um, hello, everyone. This is Bonello with the J6, and it twelve four. It has been a very busy weekend considering... What has been happening, I mean, you can just take your pick, the Republican Party is starting to um, devolve into what they've always been, which is a defunct organization, because they're not a legitimate party any longer. And to think that they are is just buying into to the delusion of what Donald J. Trump wants you to believe, which is really sad, to be quite honest. Um, And I'm glad that I have been holding off on, um, you know, posting every day because I think that there's already too much out there. And what I like to do is to read um, what is happening and to digest it and to understand it, and then give my opinion because that's really what I've always done. And I don't want to change course now. But um, you know, I do want to talk about Judge Chutkin's opinion and I think that if you have some spare time, I would definitely recommend reading it because it is an interesting read to say the least. It's a hefty opinion. There's a lot of um, a lot of things to absorb, and you know the um, scholars right now are saying that it's going to go down in history as one of the greatest documents that ever was created, and and I have to agree with that because. In the fight for our nation, there are soldiers who um, don't necessarily pick up a weapon. And Judge Chutkin would be one of those soldiers. So I wanna say thank you and congratulations for being an intelligent judge because what she has written is an important document. And it's uh, formatted beautifully. It is a work of art. And to say that Judge Chutkin is um, kind of not paying attention to what has been happening is a um, is a misstatement. And I just want to uh, read a quote from that opinion that it really stood out to me. And it is uh, Judge Chutkin's opinion. Quote, and it's, she said. Whatever immunities a sitting president may enjoy, the United States has only one chief executive at a time, and that position does not confer a lifelong get-out-of-jail-free pass. Former presidents enjoy no special conditions on their federal criminal liability." And I think that's an important um, paragraph, or a couple of paragraphs because I think the problem with Trump is, and always has been his problem, is that he thinks that he is a king. And it it was brought to my attention and reminded me once again why our founding fathers came to the United States. Um, they were fleeing tyranny, and they were fleeing a king. And unfortunately, we have a 45th president who is the GOP's responsibility, is and continues to be a national security threat. And we have 150 plus allies, GOP MAGA allies that continue their tear on the American institution. And that is a serious problem. Because what I always say is that they're derelict of their duty. Nowhere in the constitution does it say that they're supposed to um, dredge up our past and and support a king who thinks that ripping up our current Constitution that has kept this country relatively safe for 250 years is now a good time to destroy it. There lies the conundrum. Former presidents enjoy no special conditions on their federal criminal liability. See once again, he thinks Because he's insane, and um, he has lots of problems, but uh, one of them is insanity. And if he is a smart man, which he is not, so hopefully he will get a good attorney and plead insanity. Because this fat asshole is going to jail. So he, you know, and I always say the narrative needs to change. And unfortunately, we have a legacy media that keeps propping up his his campaign statistics and that he's 60% in the polls. You know what? Polls are meaningless and they're useless. So you could go ahead and go down that river because unfortunately, the GOP MAGA cult allies thinks that Trump, who has lost ever since 2016, um, seats both in the House and the Senate, fail to see what is directly in front of them. And that's part of their delusion and part of their brainwashing, which is really unfortunate. So back to Judge Chutkin's opinion. Whatever immunities a sitting president may enjoy, we only have one president at a time. See, and that's another thing that's part of his delusion is that he thinks he's still the president. And so does his MAGA allies. Which is a serious problem. And you can, you know, and I wasn't even going to talk about that fucking asshole Queen George Santos. Or whatever his name is. DeVolder. Whatever. That fool um, got what he deserved. But see, that is who the Republican Party is. So they threw him to the wolves. Because they don't want you to recognize what is really happening in the Republican Party, because George Santos is nothing more than a mini Trump, because he is a fraud, was and is just like Trump. He was a fraud and he is a fraud, and he will always be a fraud. And this, my friends, is a a part of our history that will go down in the history books as one of the most stained part of our history in American history. Sorry for saying history so many times, but you know, and I, and I, once again, I apologize for being dark too, because I try to bring some levity to my podcast, because I think that we're all going through so much and I don't want to be Debbie Downer either, but it's difficult to recognize how to be happy at a time when a party that is put into the federal government to make our lives better are doing everything to destroy that. And this reminds me, you know, I'm going to kind of bounce around, so I apologize, but I think it's all relevant because all the media attention is pointed in the wrong direction. And the Republicans, whatever you want to call them, the GOP MAGA cult, you know, um, this weekend was the um, campaign, um, the campaign fight between um, DeSantis and that governor from California. And and I don't even pay attention to politics in California, but one thing that did, Newsom, Governor Newsom, the one thing that did point out that was glaring when DeSantis showed up at the debate was the um, sign on the side of his bus. And on the side of his bus was, in gigantic letters, like they would be on the side of a bus, was, we do not um, back down. Or something to that effect. We don't back down or never back down or whatever. And see, this is the problem with the current Republican Party, is that they have, in their delusion, think that the opposing party, which are the Democrats, and I'll remind you, I don't carry the Democrats' water, that, um, that we're at war with them. And they don't know who the real enemy is because they don't have the mental capacity to understand what their jobs are. As representatives in the federal government, their role is to make sure that Americans are safe and that Americans are prospering and that Americans are doing everything that we can in order to be better Americans. But see, that's not their, that's not their fight. Perfect quote from DeSantis, And his campaign is, we don't back down. Who are you not backing down from, you fucking moron? Honestly. So I just thought that was an important fact from that debate. And it, it was ridiculous because DeSantis has a problem. I don't know what it is, but somebody said that he's got the smile of a serial killer and I would have to agree. And that's not my job to tear this guy down because I could really care less. He's not going to be the next president. I don't know what he's going to be, but he's not going to be the president, nor is he going to be the governor of Florida again, because Florida can't even stand him. And this is the problem with the current MAGA party. I'm not going to call them Republicans anymore, because they're not Republicans. You know who a Republican is? Liz Cheney. That's who a Republican is and was. And, and they're doing everything in their power to tear her down. Because you can look at everything that happened over the weekend. I mean, you can't write this shit. Mike Pence and what he's out there saying. Mike Pence is a religious zealot and a nut job, to be quite honest. And that's the only reason that Trump picked him to be his vice president. Why? Because he had the religious right who is the equivalent to Al Qaeda um, and their um, and their craziness because they're religious organizations and they're fanatical and they will do anything um, to oppose their opposing party because they're fanatical. That's what the word means. They're religious nuts, okay? Which brings me to separation of church and state. And then you have the current speaker of the house who thinks that Human beings rode around on the back of dinosaurs 6,000 years ago because they don't understand history. And, and if you don't know history, you're going to repeat it. And there you have the 45th president of the United States who is out there um, saying things like, I'm waging an all-out war on democracy. Oh, really? Is that what you're doing? That's not your job description, Donald J. Trump. Your job is not to tear down democracy. Your job is to build it up. Last I checked, according to the Constitution. But see, that's not what the Republican Party wants to do. They've never wanted to do that. They've always wanted to tear it down. So what we're living through right now is the apex of them destroying and burning down the House. Because they've already tried to burn down the Capitol So next, it's going to be the White House because that's their plan. And to say that I'm um, being um, uh, that I'm blowing things out of proportion—look around, people—that's exactly what's happening. It's unfortunate, but that is that is a fact. So getting back to um, the opinion, and you know there were a couple. One was on immunity, and the other one was on. the gag war. Let's, I'm going to focus on the immunity part because this is the part that's extremely important. The U.S. Appeals Court uh, said that Trump must face lawsuits over the U.S. Capitol attack, determining Trump's criminal liability in the current and future civil cases against him, to include the U.S. Capitol. Okay, so that was the um, that was the uh, case of the uh, police, U.S. Capitol Police, who are now going to sue him for what he did on January 6th. The insurrection that he incited, be there, it will be wild. But he wants you to think that that is not what happened, right? That's part of the delusion. Okay, so basically they said Donald Trump must face civil lawsuits over his role in the January 6th, 2021 attack on the Capitol by his supporters. And they reject the former president's claim that he is immune. And this is a quote um, from a lawyer for the uh, U.S. Capitol Police officers, Patrick Malone. He said, and I quote, Today's ruling makes it clear that those who endanger our democracy and the lives of those sworn to defend it will be held to account. Um, Which is important because... There were a lot of people that were harmed on January 6th, right? Remember, January 6th didn't happen. It was just a tour, and it was a gathering, and everybody was singing kubaya. That's what they want you to believe, Um, which a lot of people do believe, which is a sad part of where we currently are. So um, Trump has tried to argue that a president's speech on a matter of public concern such as allegations of voter fraud should be considered an official act of the president. The court rejected that argument. So, getting back to Judge Chutkin's opinion, you know, Trump's attorneys tried to say that, you know, his speech on January 6 was nothing more than him, you know, being a candidate and going out there and trying to win an election, and you know, whatever happened um, after that, he's not responsible. That's part of his immunity argument, that whatever the president says, um, he can, um, is, he's immune. Whether or not people uh, pick up arms and go to the Capitol and try to burn it down and try to kill um, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, or try to hang Mike Pence, those things actually happened, right? So Judge Chetkin went on to say, when a sitting president running for re-election spinks in a campaign ad, that is usually on a matter of public concern, that he does so in an unofficial private capacity as office seeker, not an official capacity as office holder, the opinion said. Actions taken in an unofficial capacity cannot qualify for official acts of immunity. Basically what the um, you know, 50 plus page opinion was arguing that Trump doesn't have immunity that he is responsible for the things he does and the things he says. And Trump's lawyers were basically arguing that, well, if he is in the middle of a campaign, how is he supposed to um, run for the president? Which I've always said, he shouldn't even be a candidate, period. But unfortunately, the, the cases have been slowing, slowing, and slowing down. Because Trump keeps appealing and fighting with different motions, we are where we are. Because every time that Judge Chutkin or other judges in other cases, highly um, canon, they you know want to go to court, he's appealing them, and that takes time. It's unfortunate. And one of the arguments is that this appeal um, that he's going to file regarding Judge Chutkin's latest opinion for the January 6th immunity trial, our immunity um, motion, that he's going to appeal. And then it's going to go to the appellate court, and then they're going to have to go back to court. And then the panel's going to have to decide, you know, is it a fact that he has immunity? Well, it didn't work for Nixon. It's not going to work for him because it's baseless. So what's going to happen, then he's going to push it to the Supreme Court because there's something called interlocutories. I don't know what that means. I don't really care. But I will tell you this. The Supreme Court already has kind of signaled that they're not going to um, even hear this. And why? Because it's none of their business. Because the Constitution stands alone. The Constitution has always stood alone. The Constitution, once again, is the rule book. It would be like, once again, my analogy of a sports uh, team in baseball arguing that they want more strikes than three strikes, right? Try going to the baseball commission and saying that we now want four strikes in a game. Okay. Especially like a world series. And then the, one of the team says, you know what? I want four strikes. I don't want three. And then when they don't get the four strikes, they burn down the baseball field the stadium. That's basically what is going on here. So the the Constitution once again stands alone and the Supreme Court and they're rigged. You want to know what's rigged? The Supreme Court is rigged because you have religious zealots um, like Clarence Thomas and Justice Alito and the rest of them who basically Do not recuse themselves because billionaires have been greasing them for years. And that's why we are where we are. But I think that they're intelligent enough. And I know that um, Mr. Kirshner um, has already, you know, if you don't watch or listen to Justice Matters with uh, Mr. Kirshner, I recommend um, listening to his podcast because the man knows a thing about a thing or two. And what he says is that the Supreme Court is intelligent enough to not um, hear this, this appeal to the Supreme Court regarding immunity because they have a interest themselves to not have a king, because that really is, you know, you can call him whatever you want to call him, but what he is trying to do is become a king at the at the face value of it that's what he's trying to do he's trying to be a king and the supreme court in their self preservation is not going to allow a king to be um uh you know to be enchristened i don't even know what you do with a king but basically you know we should have learned from our mistakes but unfortunately a game show host became president and now we are where we are and this is going to take decades if not centuries to clean this stain up, because that's what the Republican Party has wheeled in, them and their MAGA allies. Okay, so, you know, I could get into the weeds with Judge Chutkin's opinion, but, you know, all in all, she um, disregarded his uh, appeal for uh, immunity, and, um, and that basically is out out the door. You know, it's like, you don't need you. I mean, it's brilliantly written, but it's complex in its writing. And one of the things that I thought was important to, to, to speak about was how she, um, how she, um, how she quoted um, past presidents, and and I apologize for brain farting right there, but I think it's important to understand some um, uh, points of interest in the opinion. And one of the presidents that she cited was uh, President George Washington, our first president, who really um, understood a lot of things. Um, I mean, I don't need to go on about George Washington, But this is one of her quotes from that opinion. She said, You know, in announcing that decision, Washington counseled that the newfound American independence carried with it a responsibility. The very idea of the power and the right of the people to establish government presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government. Okay? So, What she is basically saying is that um, people, citizens, uh, have a duty and especially the president has a duty. So moving on about George Washington's sober warning, he said, and I quote, all obstructions to the execution of the laws, including group arrangements to counteract the regular deliberation and action of the Constituted authorities are destructive of this fundamental principle. In Washington's view, such obstructions would prove fatal to the republic as cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. Okay, So she's quoting George Washington, and George Washington and our founding fathers recognize that cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men would subvert the power of the people. And that is exactly what is happening in our government right now. You have a Republican maggot cult party who are being bought and paid for by super PACs, lobbyists, billionaires, and these are all companies who are taking money out of your fucking bank account so they can enrich themselves and that we live shitty lives. I mean, it's pretty much the bare bones of it, to be honest. And, I mean... The government alleges that with the help of political associates, Donald J. Trump spread lies that there had been outcome-determined fraud in the election and that he had actually won, okay? So when you talk about unprincipled men, we're talking about a president who on election night said on live media, Quite frankly, we did win this election. Remember when he said that? And I quote that motherfucker, because that's exactly what he said. Quite frankly, we did win the election. Well, guess what, asshole? You did not win the election, and you and your MAGA cult allies can believe you did, but you didn't, which is sad. But the one thing that I wanted to point out was that Judge Chutkin pointed out that outcome-determinative fraud in the election See, because that's what Trump was doing. He was just out there saying that there was fraud in the election, it was rigged, it was stolen, and January 6th was a culmination of him defrauding the government. Because your vote is like money in the bank. So when you go to make a vote, or you go to pick your candidate, For office it's like you are depositing into your account and hoping that your money is going to be used wisely so that when a elected official is using fraud they're basically taking money out of your pocket and and the outcome is determinative fraud okay so another thing that we forget about is what was actually going on because you know, it was like a three-ring circus. And the Trump allies, to include senators and House of Representatives, they were actively working behind the scenes um, on uh, applications like Signal, um, hiding their communications. And then you have people like Jeffrey Clark. Jeffrey Clark was a, a stoolie who was working with a, a What what was his name? Scott Perry. Scott Perry, who um, is back in the news, and this was another part of the opinion, um, which was the communications with the Department of Justice about investigating election crimes and possibly appointing a new acting attorney general, because Jeffrey Clark, who we all know, Um, Well, if you're on my podcast, you know who he is. He was the environmental lawyer working in the DOJ who Scott Perry found probably through Craigslist, and he was on the back end trying to get Trump to meet him, okay? So eventually, Scott Perry convinced Trump that Jeffrey Clark, who uh, interned, uh, for Clarence Thomas, and of course, you know, they're buddies and, you know, they're all in cahoots, um, that he would lie for Trump. And that's what was part of this, um, this opinion that state officials were working, state officials, okay, DOJ, Jeffrey Clark, um, who was going to and he drafted a letter and everything that they were going to send it out to um, the different states that were, um, you know, on the fence about um, the electoral, um, electoral college votes and the people who represented them. And Jeffrey Clark was going to send a letter uh, to these different states saying that they had evidence that the Department of Justice had found fraud in the election, which was a lie. OK, it was a fucking lie. And then Jeffrey Clark finally was um, corrected by White House attorneys Cipollone and Hirschman saying that if you send out these letters, there, it's basically like a suicide pact. And if you do this, we're all going to quit. And then finally, Trump backed down with those letters because he. He knew that if he did, that the entire Department of Justice would quit. So Jeffrey Clark decided that, I bet you know, and I think Jeffrey Clark was um, another stoolie that was going to do Trump's bidding. So to say that Trump was just, you know, part of his campaign, this is all part of the big lie. Where he had people working on the back end trying to subvert the election, and Jeffrey Clark, who who was going to send out letters to the different states—Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia—you know, send these um, send these letters to the state legislators and to get them to think that there was some fraud in the election, right? Because when Trump made that that statement, you know, just do it. And I'll just lie, basically is what he said, and my Republican senators will just do the rest. Meaning, they'll, they'll continue to lie just like Jeffrey Clark was about to, okay? So that was part of the opinion, the communications. And then, of course, you had the communications with the Vice President and members of Congress, you know, trying to get the official duties and the election certification proceedings. That was the electoral count. Okay, you know, that they were trying to put the, you know, they call them alternative electors. They were fake electors. These people were uh, not the um, duly elected electors. They were fake electors who sent in, and you saw them, they were all like phony documents with fake seals on them with signatures, and they were going to send them in, and they even tried to pass them on to, to Mike Pence That morning on January 6th, and Mike Pence uh, refused it. Who knows why? But that's why you had um, the 45th president saying that Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he was supposed to do. Right? And it's just, it's a whole ugly, ugly um, truth. So, one of the things, that was in the uh, opinion was about how the oath of office, you know, what part of the oath of office did they violate? Well, I think that if you um, just look at what your responsibility is as a elected official, everything that they were trying to do by defrauding um, the United States, was a uh, part of their oath. And like I talk about all the time, the oath of office is a serious matter. Because if you were to have any private in the army and was to share information with our enemies at the front line, they would they would try that private, put him in jail and quite possibly execute them if we were in a time of war. So, I don't know why we're giving the GOP MAGA cult allies um, in parentheses, the Republican party, a pass on them being traitors to this nation. And I don't know, I don't hear anybody out there other than the Midas Touch Network and Glenn Kirshner and other people calling these GOP MAGA cult allies traitors, but that's what they are. And whether they like it or not, that's a fact. Okay? So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop stop talking about Judge Chutkin's opinion. I'm gonna talk about Mark Meadows and Jeffrey Clark. So they're still um, in a lot of trouble. And you know they're um, they're co-unindicted co-conspirators in the January sixth case, but they're also involved in the Georgia Rico case. And they're still arguing for their trials to be moved to the federal courts. So uh, Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff, he was a traitor and a a treasonous traitor, like the rest of them. You know, they're arguing because they don't wanna go to jail in Georgia. So what they're trying to do is get their cases moved to a federal court, which would then move them up to Washington, D.C. You know what, we don't want them here. Let them stay wherever they are, because they are tainted. And they're traitors. So one of um, Trump's latest um, screeds in Iowa, and the only reason he's in Iowa is because that's an important primary state. So he's out there saying that Joe Biden um, is the one attacking democracy, and that Joe Biden wants to make this race a question of which candidate will defend our democracy, and. Um, You know, trying to paint the current president as some sort of um, criminal is laughable. But see, this is how they suspend reality. You know, and I'm not saying that our economy is great by no stretch of the imagination. I wish that um, things were cheaper and people weren't getting killed on the streets um, on the daily. I wish that. But unfortunately, we are living through the result of the Republican Party tearing down our system for 40 plus years, and of course, shit's gonna happen. And and that's kind of where we are. So if you have if you have anyone to blame about people running amok in the United States, you can look to the Republican Party because they've been doing um this for quite some time. Okay. So I, I'm gonna kind of start wrapping things up, but one of, and this is an important one, one of Trump's possible defenses um, in the January 6th case is that he's now going to try to say that Russia was um, uh, interfering in our voting systems and that they were somehow um, infiltrating our voting process. And, and that's rich to be quite honest, because, you know, it's just him projecting. Because if he doesn't remember, let me remind you, Trump in 2016 said, Russia, are you listening? If you can find 30,000 emails. So Russia had already got his their marching orders from him to interfere. So for him to now use it as an argument in the January 6th trial is going to be a rich defense. Because if anyone knew that they were um, involved, it's him. Because he opened the door, him and his family, um, Jarhead Kushner and the rest of them, they opened the door so that Russia knew that they were welcomed to interfere in our election system. And he also said Putin was strong and powerful, right? And he doesn't get to have his cake and eat it too. Old King Trump, he believed Putin. And this is the sad part, is that if Russia was interfering in our election, it's because Trump was allowing our intelligence Agencies and our services to be undermined because he went on the world stage in Helsinki and said that he believes Putin over our own people who were pleading with him to listen to them, that they were that they were interfering in our in our system. OK, so if anyone knows about Russia's involvement, it's Trump. Okay, this is an oldie but a goodie. Jack Smith has requested Trump's Twitter information to include everything from IP addresses, contacts, people who used account besides him, searches, location information. Fuck that. They need to get all the applications that he was being that he was using, and all the information that they were sharing on the back end. Because one of the applications that they were using was called Signal. And Signal is an application that that they think that once they used it, it was being destroyed. Well, guess what? Everything is track, traceable. So one of Jack Smith's um, request is that he needs Donald Trump's information while he was president. And as the president of the United States, that's not his information, that's our information. See, but that's the argument that he wants you to think that everything that is the United States belongs to him. Okay? I'm, I'm here to tell you that he's wrong. He's completely wrong. And any information that is related to Twatter or Fuckbook or any other application that he was using, that's our information. So we want to know the IP addresses. We want to know the searches. And that's going to be a good one. You know, when they're, when somebody murders somebody, they Google um, what was their search history. So we need to know what his search history was. What was he doing? What was he thinking? And if he wasn't doing it, then who were the people that were doing it for him? And then you have, um, you know, uh, IP addresses and DNS and You know, location information, all of that information is public and belongs to to us, the United States citizen. So that's going to put the nail in the coffin. You know, what was he doing? Where was he doing it? What searches was he um, looking for? That's the information that we need. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I think that I've um, talked long enough, but I've got an invitation to go to the White House this week and next week. I haven't really picked the days because I want to interview the president and I don't see why not. He, you know, he's in Washington. I know that it's um, a large ask, but I don't see why he couldn't sit down and kind of talk about January 6, I think that's part of the problem with the current administration is that he's the commander-in-chief and he's got an ex-commander-in-chief out there saying that he has an all-out war on democracy and he's pretty much said that he's going to tear it all down. So I think that is the current president's role is to ensure that the, the, the troops, that's us, and the military. And the civilians and the citizens of this great country have an understanding that they are aware of what's happening. Because right now, I don't feel that. But anyway, everyone have a wonderful day and let's chat soon. Bye-bye.